what is up y'all welcome to another edition of table for one a solo podcast brought to you by the banquet hall as always it is your host kyler nathan Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on instagram on twitter on tiktok whatever social media platforms you use if you doing threads or if you don't know what twitter is and you call twitter x now whatever it might be follow at banquet hall pod Uh, Make sure you leave us a five-star rating and a thumbs up where you can. But most importantly, I want every listener listening to this to take the time, find somebody in your contacts that maybe you haven't connected with in a while, and reach out to them and tell them to check out the Banquet Hall podcast, share it with with a friend, share it with a family member, uh, share it with someone who enjoys good content, because that's all I promise to deliver to you all. For today's episode of Table for One, Uh, We're going to do part three of the mailbag. I still have some questions left on this Google Doc that I wanted to get to. Uh, Y'all asked really good questions because some of these I don't even have an answer to yet. So either I'm going to make up an answer on the spot and hopefully rock with the answer that way. Or I'll give y'all a promise that I will commit to. I know one question in particular I've yet to come up with an answer to. So uh, we will see when we get there. But without further ado... Let's go ahead and get started with the first question, uh, which was submitted by a recent guest on the podcast, Ariel Sella. If you haven't already, definitely check out that episode. I hear about her journey starting an MFA program and how she wants to combine that with her current master's in public health. Uh, But her question was, what has surprised you in your podcasting journey? And honestly, I think the thing that has surprised me the most and it might even surprise some of the listeners or some of the people who have haven't tapped in yet, but I've seen that I have a podcast. It's just a simple fact that I have been able to speak so much on a podcast. Like I feel like when I was doing podcasts with a co-host, uh, it was very easy to let them carry some of the some of the energy of the podcast, or maybe defer to them sometimes. And I didn't have much to say, but. Uh, to constantly be on the spot to do these solo podcast episodes or to interview a guest and just try to keep the conversation going, try to keep the flow going and really connect with people. I feel like it's a talent that I knew that I had, but I wasn't super confident that I would be able to do it in a podcast form. Uh, It takes a lot to just think of topics or questions to ask of on the spot. So uh, definitely something that was surprising. And maybe that's just a testament to have a little bit more faith in myself and believe in myself more. Uh, But definitely didn't expect to just have solo podcasting come so fluently. I think that would be kind of the main answer to that question and just find my voice so quickly through the podcast. Next question. Uh, This is one of those that, like I mentioned, I didn't necessarily come up with the answer with yet. But for this one in particular, I'm very curious what our listeners have to say. Uh, This question comes from Alex. It says, what if any fuck around and find out moment have you experienced or seen that you think everybody should experience? I've given this some thought for a few weeks now, honestly, since Alex submitted this question. And I honestly can't think of a fuck around and find out moment that I've experienced lately. So uh, what I'm asking listeners, uh, go ahead and hit me up with a voice memo or slide in the DMs. Let me know moments that y'all have experienced. And maybe I'll shout out a couple on a future episode of the podcast. If I think of an answer to this one, Alex, I'll be sure to get one out there. But I don't know. Maybe I don't be around a lot of fuck around to find out. I feel like people just fucking around. (laughs) Um, Next question. And this one is one that I really enjoy thinking about. What is your favorite memory as a child? And so listeners, 
I want to take you back to the early 2000s, uh, maybe even late 90s for some of it, but I was really, really, really infatuated with trains going up. Um, I was a big fan of Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, that's one of those things, if you know, you know, but if you don't know, like, and you look it up, you might feel like you're looking at some weird shit and yeah, anthropomorphic trains are some weird shit, but man, did I have a blast uh, just daydreaming and playing imagination, trying to be on the island of Sodor uh, with Thomas the Tank Engine and his friends. Uh, I was privileged enough to have a lot of the Thomas the Tank Engine toys and a lot of toys growing up, so shout out to my family. Uh, but I have vivid memories of just laying on my grandmother's floor playing with wooden trains and just thinking about what it would be like if I was a conductor of a train or if I lived in the world of Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, so that's kind of the context for my favorite memory as a child. What the actual memory that came to mind first, which is why I stuck with it was, was when my dad was able to take me to Fillmore, California, where they have a life-size Thomas the Tank Engine. It's an actual like life-size train uh, designed like Thomas. You can go inside, uh, you could take pictures and whatnot. And I just remember going on that long journey with my dad and just knowing that he did that because he knew how much I love Thomas the Tank Engine. And just seeing that train live in person, like it's like all my dreams came true at once. Like all the times, all the days that I spent imagining what it would be like to be in that world. And for, I don't even know if it was an hour, maybe it was 30 minutes, but I will never forget that day just seeing Thomas in real life and maybe that's the foundation for kind of like stuff i collect now and just bringing like some of that nerd fandom to life in my household like i just love being able to actualize some of those uh pillars of imagination some of those things that i daydream about uh, just to bring them into my own reality and make them part of my life and uh more to come of course but that's kind of a big basis of a lot of the things i want to do with film with screenwriting uh just the stories that i grew up watching uh the stories that i would make up playing with action figures and toys in the living room like those are the stories that i want to actualize and bring to a film format to where the feelings that i was feeling when i would see some of these characters and hear some of those stories like i want to be able to create that for other young black kids growing up so i uh, definitely i don't remember who sent this question in but definitely thank you for that because uh, that was a fun trip down memory lane next question kind of the flip side of childhood uh what was the moment you found out that this adulting shit is real aka ghetto as hell and this question comes from the one the only jada from black beauty near you uh, who has been on a few different episodes of the Banquet Hall now, so make sure you tap in with those. Uh, a couple of things came to mind. I'm sure there's plenty of moments, but I think the first moment that came to mind was my first job that I ever had, first full-time job, and it was the first week of training, and I didn't really have much to do beyond the training, and I've always been a quick worker. Like, I get through tasks really quickly, so I probably finished everything I had to do, like, right after lunch that day. And so there was still a few hours until I was off work and I was talking to my supervisor. I was like, yeah, like I don't really have anything to do. And she was like, well, like you just going to have to kind of make some stuff up to do for the next few hours. I'm like, make some shit up. Like, is this what adults do? Like this nine to five shit is just like pretending to work sometimes like ghetto as hell. Like I, I just don't understand why humans decided while we're on this rotating rock 
that we need to just make up work to do for eight hours like if i don't have any work to do like i, I should be able to go home like what are we doing here uh the other thing that came to mind though is when i first started living by myself i think that that was when i realized just how isolating adulthood could be of course when you're in college when you're in high school you frequently are around a lot of the people that you're connecting with on a more frequent basis uh you get to see people at school you get to see people at class or whatever different activities y'all are doing but living by myself has just showed me like yeah sometimes it's really just going to be you out there and there's nights like tonight it's 1 a.m and i'm recording a podcast and no one here is around to see what is happening i'm not engaging with anybody before after this it's just like me in my household and yes i could call somebody up i could uh reach out to a friend and connect that way but i think just like really realizing that i'm living my own life my own way and unless i tell people about it there's a lot of shit that's going to happen in my life that people just won't find out because it's like yeah once I go home after work, like it's it's just me, just me doing my thing. So um, it, there's times where it's, of course, challenging, like life is definitely a roller coaster. But there's also times where I've just found like a lot of joy and peace and just choosing the things that I want to do, uh, decorating my house, how I want it to be. Like there's literally a fucking lightsaber above my desk as I record this. Like, that's cool. Like, I don't care what nobody says. That's cool because it's shit that I want to do. And so that's kind of like a hybrid answer because I don't necessarily think that that's fully ghetto as hell, but it definitely is a testament to this adult shit being real because you really have to operate in your best interest, look out for yourself, take care of yourself and make sure that you're doing things for you because there's going to be an extended period of time where no one else is going to come in this house, but am I going to keep this house clean because I'm expecting company or do I want to keep this house clean because I want to foster a good healthy nice environment for myself so uh, hopefully that gives you some context jada i know we could talk hours on end about how this adult shit is real uh, maybe that's a future episode of free game fridays which if y'all haven't tapped in with that uh, make sure you tap in next question when do you feel most alive uh this is a really good question and the first thing that came to mind is actually sporting events uh those of you who have been around the podcast for a while or at least myself as a podcaster uh you will remember an episode of natural nonsense that i recorded with andre 1k where we talked about gladiatorism and why we love sports i just don't think there's anything like being at a live sporting event uh, rooting for your team you're in community with so many other people also rooting for that team uh, y'all have on jerseys maybe there's face paint you have signs and it's in this moment that nothing else really matters like you don't know people's political affiliation uh, you might not know their income level unless they sit in course I you might assume that they make a little bit of a dollar um, but in that moment it's like nah like we're here to root on our team and like just this past weekend i got to see the dodgers play the padres and when i say play the padres i mean beat the padres ass at petco park and just being there in person a stadium full of like half dodgers fans if not more and just like that sports rivalry like i just love like just feeling a part of something in that way and just the unrivaled nonsensical just like yeah like i'm part of the team like i love that um a more like 
kind of me example, I guess, or just something that's really personal, I would say, it's just moments where I realize how big this world is. Uh, specifically, like I think of moments when I'm at the beach, standing next to the ocean on the shore, and I'm just looking out on the horizon. I'm like, wow, like this place is humongous. There's so much life out there to see. Uh, and just those moments where I'm like, man, like in the grand scheme of it all, I'm really small. But at the same time, like, I'm really young. Like, there's so much life to figure out. Uh, there's so much art to create. There's just so much out there for me. And, yeah, just it just makes me feel alive because it's like this is a blank canvas for me to just figure out what's next for me. A few more questions. Uh, what was the last experience you had where something made you feel childlike joy? Uh, had to go with the movie answer for this one. And it was when I went to the movies to see... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, listeners, I've, of course, been familiar with the Ninja Turtles. I've seen a couple of the movies, a couple of the TV shows, played a couple of the games. But there was just something about this new TMNT movie that was just so, like, affirming. I don't know. Like, I really just felt like I was watching, like, childhood friends or just remembering moments where I was acting like that. Or just jokes that I remember, like... When I was a kid, those jokes would be funny. Like now, maybe it's not cool enough to be funny, but just that childlike wonder, that childlike amazement with the world, and just that childlike joy, like just wanting to have fun with the world. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a fantastic movie. I definitely recommend anybody listening to check it out because, yeah, for that hour and a half in that movie theater, definitely experienced a lot of just childlike joy. Uh, another example that I thought of, I uh, went on a walk, I think it was sometime last week, and was looking up at the clouds, and there was a cloud that was a very interesting formation, I even posted on my IG, so if y'all follow me at the 4th Kyler, uh, y'all might even remember this moment, but I posted a picture of a cloud and then a gif of a Charizard, which is a Pokemon, and I think just that moment of looking at the clouds and trying to make shapes out of the clouds, and thinking of like an anime that I liked, like growing up, currently like, whatever you want to say. Uh, but just seeing like shapes in the clouds is something that brought me a lot of childlike joy. Um, what's next? How do you define happiness? This is another one. I don't have a, con a concrete answer to this one yet. But what I'm promising to the listeners of Table for One, I will write a poem about defining happiness. And I'll spit that next Table for One. I'll debut it there on the pod. I look at these table for ones as kind of like the banquet hall exclusive club, the VIPs, because uh, a lot of people listen to the podcast on YouTube. Not too many listen to it on Spotify. So those y'all who are tuning into this, like y'all are going to get a lot of VIP exclusives. So uh, that poem will be one that I'm promising ahead of time. And then uh, last two questions, one quicker one and one that's going to take a little bit more time. Uh, one, what's your favorite food combination that you didn't expect to like? struggle with this one a little bit because i don't necessarily think i have like a lot of combinations of food that are unorthodox that i didn't expect to like i feel like i have a good idea of what things taste like so if i do combine some things i'm kind of expecting to like them uh, but one thing that i tried that i think either my grandmother or one of my friends had done and were like oh you gotta try it was french fries in a milkshake or specifically like french fries dipped in a frosty i was like there is no way in hell this is good and it kind of it kind of slapped i don't know it, it kind of tasted good it's not something i do frequently but when i tried it i was like huh didn't expect this and then 
Uh, last question for this edition of the mailbag. Uh, make sure that y'all submit more questions via DM. Uh, you can leave a voice note. You can send an email to bhallpaws at gmail.com. Uh, you can flag me down on the street and be like, hey, I like your podcast. I got a question. Whatever you might want to do. Also going to set up a way for y'all to submit questions anonymously in case y'all really don't want your name attached to these questions. Um for whatever reason but uh, this question i believe this came from precious so thank you precious you submitted a lot of these questions and i definitely want to shout you out for this question what does your poem and or speech writing process look like so uh, many listeners know i recently graduated with my master's in business from uc san diego's Rady school of management and had the pleasure of giving the speech at the black graduation ceremony uh, you can find an unedited version on this podcast feed so first going to just start with that process was like um i think first it was just coming up with an outline and don't necessarily mean like i actually wrote down an outline but just get an idea of what i wanted the take homes to be for that speech um i met with kennedy who gave the undergrad speech and just talked through like what she was going to be talking about in her speech because i didn't want her i didn't want our speeches to be duplicative i wanted to make sure that we were able to have a cohesive message uh but didn't want to step on each other's toes and repeat too much um but realistically where the speech really came together similar night like tonight uh, i was sitting at my computer desk in the same corner i'm sitting at now and I was just listening to music and I was committed to writing that speech. And I think it was even like the night before Black Grad or maybe two nights before Black Grad. Uh, but I have this playlist that I created on my Spotify called It Was All a Dream. And this playlist is comprised of songs that I've listened to uh, that I gained like a lot of inspiration from. And part of the playlist will also inform the screenplay that I want to write. And there's a song that has been kind of my most played song for a while or over the last couple of months at least, but it's Walk On By by Thundercat featuring Kendrick Lamar. And it was just something about the, the music that night that I was listening to that song and the speech just kind of came together. Played it on repeat a couple of times because there was just something about just the vibe of the song, Kendrick's verse that I don't know, I was just rocking with and the speech just really came together that night. So if y'all haven't listened to that, I highly encourage y'all to check that out. Once again, that's Walk On By, Thundercat featuring Kendrick Lamar. And then uh, closing out this episode, going to talk a little bit about the poetry writing process, which I'll probably dive into a little bit deeper in a future episode, especially since I plan on debuting a poem on the podcast. I could talk a little bit about how that poem came together. But in a general sense, I think the poetry writing process really depends on where the inspiration comes from. Uh, sometimes I find inspiration through music, as I just mentioned. Sometimes it's a random conversation. I like overhear somebody say something on the street or uh, listening to a friend saying something. And it's like, hmm, I want to write about that. Uh, a lot of times it's just being in nature. Uh, sometimes it's just like I'm feeling something and want to get something out on paper. Usually I'm driving. <laughs> uh, I'll be driving somewhere and then just a metaphor will come to mind or a concept will come to mind. Uh, so I will usually use uh, my uh, Google Assistant uh, so I can keep my hands on the steering wheel, of course, safe drivers out here. Uh, but I'll set a reminder to like write a poem about X or write a poem about Y. Uh, if I'm at a red light, I might pull out my phone and write down a quick metaphor if I have a couple lines in mind. I'll write those down. Um, and then the words just kind of start flowing. Like I remember when I wrote Obsidian, 
which is my fourth poetry book. There was a period of time where I was just writing on my laptop on the patio, was living with Kenny at the time. And he was like, man, the way that you like do this is scary. <laughs> um, and maybe it is because I don't know. Sometimes it just happens. I edit until it feels like it's written how it appeared in my head and shit just comes together. So uh, that's kind of a, like a snippet, a sneak preview. I'll talk more about it when I debut the poem next week or whenever that episode comes out. Uh, if y'all haven't engaged with my poetry books yet, first, why? <laughs> um, but second, uh, you can check out my website, thefourthkyler.square.site. Uh, I have most of my poetry books on there. Uh, my latest project, Full Bloom, is not on there. Uh, still debating if I want to re-release that one. I originally only ordered 30 copies of it and sold all 30 copies. So part of me is like, if you miss it, you missed it. Exclusive drop. Uh, but part of me may want to re-release it. But if I get some more engagement with the poetry books, who knows? Maybe I'll come out uh, with Full Bloom again or re-release Full Bloom. Might even be working on something in the shadows. So stay tuned for that y'all uh but as always thank you for tuning in to table for one uh it's two o'clock in the morning so apologies if my voice got into sleepy mode um but really excited for folks to listen to this episode uh but most importantly let me know what y'all think like podcasting is fun i love it but at the same time like i need to know how it's going like and if it's good let me know it's good if you want something different let me know I want this podcast to really create and enhance the community that I'm a part of. So uh, this is y'all's podcast just as much as it's mine. So tap in with me, follow the podcast, leave us a five-star rating, and don't forget to tell your cousin to give us a listen. Catch y'all next time.